Good morning, good morning. Welcome to New Covenant Worship Center. We are here this morning in our second week of our virtual Sunday service, and we are excited to come into your homes, come into your businesses, your place of work, wherever you may be this morning. We welcome you to New Covenant Worship Center, and we are here to glorify and magnify the Lord. I'm here. My name is Apostle Jonas Jones, and I'm excited about what God is doing and how God has kept us through our first week in Illinois in our shelter in place. And so I'm grateful that God has kept us, that he's keeping us, and we're still believing God and standing on Psalms 91 that God will keep us, he'll protect us, and he will shelter us in this time of trouble. So we're here to offer a prayer. We're here to offer praise and worship. We're here to get the word of God, and I'm excited about what God is doing. And so we're going to lift up the name of Jesus this morning. You all come on and let's begin to magnify him. Let's begin to glorify him. Let's begin to lift up our hands and give God a hand praise in the place. Amen. Hallelujah. We give him glory. Come on, bless the name of the Lord in your homes. Come on, let's begin to magnify him. Let's begin to glorify him. For he is worthy to be praised. He is worthy to be magnified. God, we come before you this morning, Lord, to tell you thank you on today, God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for another opportunity, God, to come into your presence on today, God. We thank you for your grace, for your mercy, for your love on today, God. And Lord, we just welcome you in this place on today, God. That, Lord, we're asking you that your Holy Spirit, God, your power, your anointing, God, will begin to move like never before, Father God. Lord, Lord, we're asking you, Lord, to stir up every gift in this place on today, God. We're asking you, Lord, to minister to us like never before, God. We stand in the need of comfort on today, God. We stand in the need of peace on today, God. And we know that only through you, God, can we obtain that comfort and that peace through your loving kindness, God. Lord, we're asking you to extend your reach, God, to those who are in a position, God, of turmoil, those who are in a place of distress, those who are in a place of torment and fear, God. We ask you to release your word upon their hearts and minds on today God that Lord you may keep them in perfect peace on today God as we keep our minds stayed on thee on today Father and Lord we come to magnify you Lord we come to lift you up today Father God Lord knowing and believing and trusting that you are the author and the finisher of our faith God Lord we begin to release your word throughout this earth God that Lord your word will come alive into the lives of your people on today God that we're going to experience a touch from you on today God that Lord you are greater than every situation, every issue, every circumstance that we're faced with in this time of need on today, God. That, Lord, you're bigger than the coronavirus, God. You're bigger than fear on today, Father, God. You're bigger than the distress, God, and the worry and stress that's on the hearts and minds of the people, God. We come to bring the good news today, God, that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, that Jesus Christ is the answer to our situation, God. And, Lord, you said that if you be lifted up from the earth, you will draw men unto you on today, God. Lord, we ask you to begin to draw on today, God. Those who do not know you, Father God, those that have not surrendered their life over to you, God, we ask that you will touch their hearts on today, God. Minister a word to them, God. Minister salvation to them on today, God. Let them be open to receive you on today, God. That, Lord, they will be saved, God, from this time of destruction, from this time of chaos on today, God. That you're going to begin to fill your temple, God. You're going to fill the kingdom of God with believers in this hour on today, God. 
we command the hands of the enemy to be stopped right now in the name of Jesus God we begin to write void on his assignment on today God we decree victory on today God we decree healing in our bodies on today God Lord those who have been affected God by this virus we ask for supernatural healing to touch their bodies on today God remove God that particular laboring to breathe on today God remove God that place of pain in their chest God remove that pain in their body that fever on today God allow them to be free from every hurt harm and danger on today God allow them to be free God to be healed on today God to be strengthened on today Father God and Lord we begin to bind the hand of the enemy God every assignment of fear that's been loosed in the atmosphere God Lord you said in your word that Lord you, you have not given us the spirit of fear but of power love and of a sound mind on today God and Lord we thank you on today God that we're going to walk in confidence on today God we're going to walk in the believing power of your word on today God we're going to trust your promises that you'll never leave us nor forsake us on today God and Lord we release, release your power we release your word on today God that Lord it shall accomplish that which you set it out to do on today God we call those things that don't we call those things that be not as though they were today God I decree God that we're going back to a normal lifestyle God I speak that we're going to go back to things God being in a place where it is normal God our children will be able to go outside our children will go back to school God Lord we will go back to work God we will be able to enjoy vacations God we'll be able to live our life on today God we come up against this hand of the enemy God that has stagnated our progress that has stagnated our movement on today God we ask you Lord to lift it right now in the name of Jesus God that we shall have liberty God we will have mobility on today God and that you're leading and guiding us on today God Lord give us peace God in the time of distress God give us your grace God in this time of trouble on today God let us begin to reach towards you on today God for you are our answer God you are our peace on today God you are our joy and our strength on today God we trust in you like never before God but you said that we shall acknowledge you in all our ways and you shall direct our path God give us direction in this season give us wisdom in this season Lord begin to lift up every government official God every governor every mayor Lord the president of the United States of America God we ask that you speak wisdom into their hearts God give them the ability to lead this country to lead this nation God to lead every city every state government official God that Lord they will make the right decisions God concerning your people Father and Lord we thank you on today God and Lord we magnify you in this place as we offer up thanksgiving in your presence for you are worthy to be praised God you are worthy to be praised God come on let's begin to exalt him as the sound comes come on let's begin to magnify him let's begin to lift him up for he is worthy to be praised he is worthy to be magnified he is worthy to be glorified he is worthy to be glorified come on come on come on come on minister Tom, come on Hallelujah, God. We worship you, Jesus. We magnify you, God, and we glorify you, Father. We thank you that our God is greater, he's stronger. And Father, we love you, we love you, we love you, we love you, Jesus.
worship you this morning. Thank you for tuning in to New Covenant Worship Center. Come on, let's prepare our hearts. Let's prepare our minds to praise and worship God this morning. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. Lord, you are high and lifted up, oh God. And so we thank you this morning, Jesus. We worship and adore you, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. There's none like you, oh God. None like you all over the earth, oh God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Here we go. Water, you turned into wine. Water, you turned into wine. Come on, open your eyes. Open the eyes of the blind. There's no
Come on, worship him right where you at. If you know him as a healer, stronger. And if our God is for us, then who could be against us? Let's sing it again all over this place, Waymaker. 
building today. Thank God for the sound that came in, and I appreciate them for being here as we want to give you the best experience that we possibly can in this time of transition. So at this time, we're just going to give a couple of quick announcements, and we're going to get ready to take up our offering, amen. For those of you all who are online, we want to encourage you guys to continue to stay connected to New Covenant Worship Center, stay connected to our Facebook pages, all of our social media outlets. We appreciate you all. I want to say thank you for last Sunday. You all were phenomenal. You all came in and you all tuned in and connected to our live. And we thank you all who shared it and who continued to fellowship with us, even as a, at afar and at a distance. We appreciate you. Those who visited our page and those who stayed in and connected to us, even on Thursday night Bible study, we say thank you and we appreciate you. So we're just going to continue to move forward in the service. I want you guys to go to the website. If you're not, uh, if you don't have your Easy Time app, you can go to www.newcubncwc.com and you can go to our website and you can click Kick Give. Click Give and you'll be able to give online. Those of you all who have the Easy Time app downloaded on your phone, just go to Easy Time and you can give. If you don't have the access to any of those outlets, you can definitely mail your seed into 2423 Glenwood Avenue, Joliet, Illinois, 60435. And we appreciate every person that gave and that is giving. Continue to sow into our various funds and you can give online. We say thank you. Amen. Let me put my seed in. I'm going to give you guys a couple of seconds to give. Whatever the Lord has placed on your heart to sow, sow it as unto the Lord. And God is going to bless. As you can see, you can text to give. The text number to give is 815-513-6262. Please tap into our texting to give. Amen. We give God praise. We thank God for the opportunity to sow and give in this season. Uh, we want to continue to keep things moving forward within the ministry. And so it's important that we continue to give and support the things that we need to do. And so I'm grateful and honored to have a great ministry of New Covenant Worship Center. Um, I have a surprise for you guys today. Um, I'm grateful and honored that this is the fifth Sunday and God has blessed us and we were able to come in and the band came in. We had some of our singers come in. And I appreciate them for their time. They were excited just to get out the house. Amen. And so uh, we were grateful for the ability of fellowship and able to come into the service. But um, this is normally our tag team Sunday. And uh, we had Pastor Denise and Prophetess Karen Banks were supposed to minister today. Um, and we were not in this particular transition phase. Um, but I still want to allow you guys to experience a tag team Sunday. Amen. So I'm excited about the word today. I'm excited about what God is doing. So I'm going to ask that Pastor Venice, she's going to come. Amen. And she's going to give you guys a word and I'm going to follow up behind her and we're going to tag team this morning. Amen. So we're excited about the word and what God is doing. Amen. Amen. He got me first. You see, I'm falling on the live. Amen. <laughs> Well. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. If y'all don't mind, I'm going to just pray before we get started here. Father, we love you. We praise you. We thank you. 
We honor you, oh God. We thank you for this time. Oh God, that we can preach your word and God hear your word and hear your voice, oh God. And so, Father, I pray right now for everyone that's listening, God, that you will prepare their hearts and their minds, oh God, that they will receive the word and receive it with gladness, oh God, on today, oh God. We just thank you right now for your anointing that will rest, rule, and abide, oh God, in every home and in every heart on today. And so, Father, I pray that I will decrease, oh God, and that you would increase in me, Father, and I give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, I won't be before you long. I just have a quick word that the Lord gave me, and I want to encourage you, and I want to encourage you to take advantage of this time that you have right now while you're at home. Um, we may never get this opportunity again to be sheltered in place, to be in a place that we can sit down and we can settle our spirits and sit down and hear from the Lord. So you got to be mindful of your time and you got to be mindful of the things that you're doing while you're sitting in the house. This is not the time to be idle or to mope around or to just consume yourself with what they're saying in the news. But if you take advantage of this time to get before the Lord, you will see God do something miraculous in your life. I'm gonna speak from Matthew the 17th chapter Matthew 17, verses 1 through 5. Matthew 17, verses 1 through 5. Amen. And then we're reading out the NIV version. And the Bible says that after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them high up a mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, he said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one of Moses and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them and a voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Listen, I want you to say in your homes, I will never be the same. I will never be the same. Amen. I believe that God is doing something in this time that he's going to do three things. The first thing that he's going to do for our believers is he's going to shift them. Those who know God, who, who in fellowship with him, God is going to shift us, meaning he's going to make a few adjustments in us. Amen. Those things that we believed about God, that we believed about faith, that we know about the word, that we know about speaking in tongues, that we know about um, what he says in the Bible, he's going to shift our perspective and he's going to shift our focus. Amen. A shifting just means just an adjustment, just a, a fine tuning of some things. So those gifts and those callings that's in your life, I believe in this season, God is going to shift and he's going to adjust those things. He's going to make them finer. He's going to make them come out even better. Amen. He's going to shift you in this season. Amen. See, this shifting that you're experiencing right now, God is getting ready for the next level. He's getting you ready for the next level that he desires to take you to. So it's important that you 
Get into a place to get before him like never before because the shifting is for the next season or the next dimension that you're going to. Yes. Amen. So there's going to be a shift. Amen. Then I believe that it's just some of us church folks, amen, who just like to come to church and, you know, we just come. We just sit and we just come, amen. But God is going to do a change, amen. Now, you said, Pastor, what's the difference between a shift and a change? It's the same thing. But a change is to become radically different. God is going to change you and make you completely different, the person that you were, the things you used to do, the things you used to depend on. God is going to make those things change, amen. It's no adjustment, it's a complete change. Those who, who never prayed before, we begin to cry out and pray to the Lord. Those who never picked up their Bible before, God said they're gonna pick up their word and begin to study like never before. Those who never fasted on Wednesday, come on, just say ouch. God said those will be the ones who will cry out and begin to fast, amen. Those who never listened to the word, who never pulled it up on anchor, who never listened to any other pastors, amen. God said those will be the ones who will change, amen, and they will do something different. It's something that's completely different. It's a radical change, amen. Why? Because they know that what's at stake, amen, where God is taking them, that they have to change. God is going to change them. Those who held on to things, to different sins, God said those things are going to be removed in this season. You know, if you had a cussing spirit, God said, I'm going to radically change and I'm going to radically change your language. Amen. You will be drastically different. Glory to God. But then there's the third type. Amen. We said the shift. That's for the believer that God is going to adjust. He's going to fine tune some things. He's going to perfect in us those things that we believed and that we thought that we had together. God said that he's going to fine tune those things. And then those of us, amen, who just sit in complacency. God says, I'm going to change you and you're going to be radically different. Amen. Those things that you set back on, God says you're going to begin to propel and begin to move. But then there will be some that will experience like Jesus who would have a total metamorphosis, who would have a total transfiguration, a transform, amen. This is for our unbelievers and, our, and those who don't trust them or our backsliders, amen. You're going to go into a place of metamorphosis. That's where you're going to be transformed. That definition means for immature form to an adult form in two or more distinct stages. So come on, now what's the difference between all of these things? Well, the first thing is a metamorphosis requires stages, amen? It just don't happen overnight. God is going to begin to peel off and throw away all that stuff layer by layer, time by time, amen? It's a change in your form, in your nature, who you are in your person, hallelujah. You're gonna be completely different. But the thing of this metamorphosis is, it's done by supernatural meaning. Come on, it's supernatural means that this metamorphosis will take place. So here we see in the book of Matthew that Jesus had a metamorphosis experience. He had a change. The Bible says that when they looked at Jesus, his face started shining with light. 
His clothes were different. That's exactly what God wants to do. You won't look the same. You won't even dress the same. Every time you try to pull out this old thing, God would say, no, I'm doing a metamorphosis in your life. I'm transforming you. Glory to God. God says, even the change, the metamorphosis will come with our babes in Christ. In 1 Peter 2 and 2 and 3, he says, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation. Now that you have tasted that the Lord is good, you will know because of this time that you're at home, that you're spending with your family, that you're laying out before God, you will experience the goodness of God and you will taste for, taste him and you will yearn for him even the more. I love it that in the scripture, Jesus only took a few people with him. Come on, God is doing some things. Huh? He's shutting down some relationships some people being moved out of your life because you can't be with them. Why? Because God is trying to transform you and do a transfiguration and everybody can't see you changing and going from an immature state to an adult state. So you got to know that when God moves people out your life, say, God, I'm being transformed. I'm being transformed. Once you are transformed, come on. The people that God's going to confirm it with other people, they will begin to see it. The Bible said that James and Peter and the other James, they all saw uh, Jesus change and then he looked different. God will begin to speak it in the hearts of others and they will see and recognize that you have did a metamorphosis and that this thing was only done by a supernatural. Come on. Only by Jesus. And once that change takes place, then God would say, this is my son, hallelujah, whom I love, and with him I am well pleased. Come on, y'all. God is going to say it. You got to say right now, I will never be the same. I will never be the same. Glory to God. I'm getting ready to close, but I got to close on a good note. Hallelujah. Listen, we know that the Bible says that we can speak a thing and it shall be established. We can decree and declare a thing and it shall be established. The Bible speaks that blessings and curses come out of our mouth, amen, and that we have the power in our tongue to either speak blessings or speak curses, amen. So you need to first begin to speak. You first gonna speak, I will never be the same. But be careful what you speak, hallelujah. I decreed and declared over my life this week that COVID-19 can't live in this body. It can't attack this body and nobody attached to me. It can't come into my house. That's what you have to begin to decree and declare. But I want to give you a testimony because everything that God is doing right now, he, we don't know what God is doing in the background. It may look bad. Yeah, people are dying. People are sick. It's hard on the healthcare field, but God is yet moving and he's yet sovereign and he yet sits on the throne. And what God is doing in the background, all you can just do is begin to shout. I declared in the beginning of this year, that my son who's in college, I said, I told my husband we got the bill and it was like $6,700 that we needed to pay. 
And I said, okay. And my husband said, Jesus, that's going to be all our little money. And I said, it's well. I said, we're not going to pay all of that. I said, that bill going to be knocked down to half. Come on, you don't know what you're speaking. I decreed and declared that I wouldn't pay that full bill and that it would be knocked down to half, amen? So, you know, every now and then, you know, you get a little in your way because my son got antsy, like, I got to pay this bill by this day. I got to pay this bill by this day. So I sent him. I said, well, you go to the financial aid office and ask him if there's any more scholarship or anything that they can do. So he went. There was nothing else that he could do. They could do. They said, just make payments on it. I said, okay, Jonas. I said, as well. I said, by the end of March, we'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Who knew that God would set things in motion where the whole dorms had to close down and they had to send the kids home? And not only that, he was devastated about it, but they knocked my bill down by half. Come on now. So then now they erased all of what I would have had to put, made it half because they had to come home. Let me tell you something. What you speak out of your mouth, be careful what you speak. But not only that, I told my husband, I said, now next year, we're not going to have to worry about this. It's going to be covered. We, his tuition going to be covered. We ain't got to worry about anything. It, it's going to be well. We're not going to have to come out of pocket. Well, let me tell you, God answered that prayer. Let me tell you why. He got an assignment as a resident assistant for next year. And all I was paying for was housing. So not only is his housing covered for next year, but he will also get a stipend every month. Let me tell you what you speak out of your mouth, glory yes. to God, has power to change, hallelujah. So you need to be in a place in this season, laying out before God, speaking, decreeing, and declaring the word of God so that things may change for you, glory to God. Well, guess what? I'm done, I'm out of here. Come on, I will never be the same. We're going to welcome Apostle back up here. He's going to close us out with the word. But I want to encourage you that you will never be the same. After this experience, church won't be the same. After this experience, your marriages won't be the same. Your children, your faith will never be the same. Glory to God. My God, that is powerful. Amen. I'm telling you, God is moving. I thank God for the word. We thank God for the transfiguration. We thank God for the shift. We thank God for the transforming of our lives. I thank God for that word. I'm telling you, that testimony blessed us yesterday. Um, we had got the email. Jonas had sent us the information that they had dropped that thing down and had knocked off the rest of the housing because the semester was ending early. I started running around the house. I said, you know what? I'm shouting because God is good and he is faithful to us. And that's why I thank God for uh, for the ability to be in covenant with my wife, amen, that marriage unit, it is powerful, amen. When you stand in agreement, when you believe God's word, and as she encouraged my faith, we begin to touch and agree, and that thing manifested. And it was a few weeks ago, about a month ago, that we found out that he was going to receive that RA position. And so I just thank God for the favor. Even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of calamity, even in the midst of what it looks like to be a famine, God will favor us. God will begin to give us the ability to come out of this thing and 
won't be able to see light in the midst of darkness. You have to change your perception. Everything is not all bad. Everything is not all in a place of death. We got to see light in the midst of this situation. When the when the woman was issued that particular decree and she had had to pay her debtors after her husband had died and they were coming for her sons and the prophet told her said go borrow some vessels and begin to fill them with oil. In the time of her need and her trouble she received overflow because of her obedience. Yeah. I'm telling you God is ministering in this hour. He's bringing us to a place to walk in obedience and we're seeing the residual of us obeying his word and us staying connected to his word because he said he'll never leave us nor forsake us. We got to begin to speak it out of our mouth. He said there is life and death in the power of the tongue. Here you are faced with a situation. They said you know what? We're going to take care of your mortgage for a couple of months. We're going to take care of your car for a couple of months. We're going to take care of this for a couple of months. They're going to give you assistance when you thought there was no assistance. They're going to give you support when you thought there was no support. So you got to begin to give God praise and thanks in the midst of the situation because God will turn it around for our favor and for his glory. Amen. Amen. I'm excited. Amen. I want to give you guys a little bit of this word today. Um, I want you to go to Acts chapter 27 in the NIV version. Acts chapter 27 in the NIV. I'm going to show you today. I want to let you see the importance of being obedient, following instructions, and hearing God and listening to his voice. And you're going to see that in the midst of trouble, God will keep you. We're, in, we're still in this crisis. We're still in this position uh, of things looking bad. But I want to tell you, there's still yet good news that we have to glorify God with and that we have to magnify him with. we got to stay focused on what's positive and what's good. I'm going to give you a, 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 a quick update. According to the webometer that I gave on last week, this week, it changed because numbers have gone up because there are more people being tested. Across the world, there are 679,082 cases of the coronavirus. They've been 31,773 deaths. But let me hear, I want you to shout on this. The good news is 146,352 have recovered. Amen. So we're grateful for those who have recovered. We're praying for the families who have lost loved ones in this particular arena. We're praying for New York. They have the most cases as here in the as the state in the, in the United States of America. So we're praying. This thing is going to change. We are going to come out of this. We're going to overcome this. We're going to defeat this just as we've done in many times in the past and many other things that have come to try to afflict our lives, to try to bring us into a place of fear and distress. You made it through 9-11. You made it through the through the particular uh, recession in 2008 and all those other various things that were going on. We're going to make it through this. Amen? Amen. So Acts chapter 27. Let me slow down because I want to paint a, back, a backdrop for you before we get into the scriptures. Here we are. We're going to talk about today Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul had been ministering the word of God, preaching the word of God, um, bring, bringing forth and establishing churches and there were Jews and people who did not believe in the way of Jesus Christ. After he had made his conversion, he's going about preaching the gospel. They had arrested him and they were now accusing him of doing things and, and, and bringing forth all this particular trouble and chaos because he was preaching truth and because he was preaching the name of Jesus Christ. And so he was on trial and they had arrested him. And he said, you know what? I want to go and appeal to the highest court in the land. He said, I want to go to Rome. He said, and I want to go before Caesar. He said, because I want to go before him to begin to plead my case and plead my cause. And that was the place that he wanted to get to, to be able to be vindicated of the charges and the things that were coming against him. And so 
in this particular process, he had to get to Rome. Now, he, he didn't have a flight. He didn't have a train. He didn't have an Escalade. He didn't have a quick way to get to Rome. So at this time, he had to go by ship. And he had to go in, uh, going by ship. And there were other prisoners and other people that were on this boat that were in the process of going to various destinations in order to get to Rome. So here in Acts 27, we're going to see this particular issue and the things that come about in, in Paul's life. And I want us to see how he maintained his particular spirit of peace how he encouraged others around him in the midst of trouble. I want you to set your home at a place where you have to find somebody in your home that's going to stand on the word of God. Everybody can't be speaking negative. Everybody can't be speaking doubt. Everybody can't be speaking in fear. Somebody's got to grab a hold to the word of God and to begin to release truth and to begin to release the power of the Holy Spirit in your place of worship, in your place of your home, in your dwelling, so that God will begin to move upon your life like never before. So in Acts 20 27 yes. in the NIV version. Let's start reading at verse 9. It says, much time had been lost and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the Day of Atonement. In this time they've been sailing, it's now winter time. So the waters are a little bit more boisterous. There are things that are a little bit more chaotic on the waters. So Paul warned them. This is Paul. He says, Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to ship and cargo and to our own lives. Mm -hmm. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on, hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. Now, listen. Paul had given warning that there was going to be trouble and calamity if we move out of this docking place. If we sail forward, we may not come out of this thing alive. He said that we're going to lose ship, we're going to lose cargo, and we may even lose our own lives. So Paul was in a position, he was warning them that they should stay right where they're at. And we're in a position where we're supposed to stay in place. We're supposed to stay in shelter. We're in a position where we should stay and only move as necessary. Only move as, as the way we've been instructed to move. Those essential workers, those who are working out in the medical field, those who are going about checking on people, encouraging people, checking on your elderly members and people around your community. So now we've been given the instruction and Paul was given the instruction and he said, look, disaster is coming if we move out of this place. But the leader and the pilot, he did not agree with Paul because he didn't understand the God that Paul served. And so you got to get into agreement and understand that you got to hear the voice of the one who's truly connected to God. Because there are a lot of voices that are coming through your messenger. There are a lot of voices that's coming through your inbox. They saying, share this, share this, please share it. You got to hear this. If you sit back and listen to all those particular things, how are you going to discern and decipher which one is true? Which one is the true voice of God? You got to ask God for discernment. So the man said, I'm not going to follow that advice. And they went forward and sailed in the midst of winter. The season has changed. The water is going to be boisterous. So they opened themselves up already for an opportunity for the enemy to come in. But I want you to see what happens. Oh, my God. Look at verse 13. He said, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not, heave, could not head into the wind. 
So we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed the, passed the leaves of small island of Carter, we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. So the men hoisted it aboard. Ho hoisted it aboard. Then they passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Because they were afraid they would run aground on the sandbars of Citrus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands. Listen to verse 20. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Oh my God. So now... Everything that Paul had said that disaster was coming, it's manifesting. It was only a few days later that the storm, that Northeaster began to come and stir up the waters and stir up the ocean and stir up the sea. And so now they're having to do everything to try to save the ship because if the ship go down, everybody on board is going to die. And so in that midst of distress, I want to encourage you that it says the sun nor stars appeared for many days. Some of us hadn't been outside all week. And that's why some of the band members, they were excited. They were praising God. I get to drive. I get to get outside. And so some of us are in a position where we can't do our normal daily activities. And some of us are having mental anguish because I don't know how to act. I don't know how to not move. I don't know what it means to not be able to go when I want to go. So now you got to make a decision that even in the midst of the storm, even in the midst of darkness, you got to find a way to find some peace. you got to find a way to tap into the joy of the Lord. you got to begin to surround yourself with the word of God, with praise and worship. you got to begin to entertain those thoughts that are pure. What some of the things are lovely? What some of the things are just? If there be any praise, if there be any virtue, let us think on these things. you got to change your mindset in the midst of the storm. I know it looks gloomy outside. I know it looks like nobody's moving. They said downtown looks like a ghost town but baby in your home you can have a concert in your home you can have a praise party in your home you can do your tiktok video in your home you can fellowship with your children in your home you can play spades dominoes you can play pity pack you can play monopoly whatever you need to do to occupy your time you gotta be in a position to not focus in on not seeing the sun not seeing the clouds but god you're gonna see me through this storm why because it's only gonna last for a temporary season. Yes, God. My God, my God. Hallelujah. So he said, when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, he said they gave up hope. Mm. I don't want you to give up hope because you keep listening to the news. They already told you the number of deaths was going to go up. They already told you the number of cases of positive testing was going to go up. But you got to believe the report of the Lord. You got to stand on his promises. He said that by his stripes, we are healed. We have to believe his word and that healing belongs to us. And so they started to give up hope. Now, what do you do when people around you are giving up hope? Yes, come on. <laughs> How do you find hope in a hopeless situation? Yes. You got to begin to change your attitude and your mindset. You got to go back to the time when you made it through. You got to go back to the times when you were in a, in a real tight situation. When everything around you was collapsing. When everything around you was falling apart. And then look what happened. God showed up and he made a way for you. He opened the door for you. Just when we were in a position, man, I got to pay $6,700 for Jonah's tuition. Not alone what I got to pay for Joshua's tuition this year. So God would begin to come in, not knowing how he was going to do it. But because my wife spoke the word and said, you know what? It's not going to be that amount. God's going to come in and do something different. Now, we didn't know how he was going to do it. Now, and we're not taking glory in the fact of the situation, but we're giving glory in the midst of it because he 
he said, even in this time of trouble, we should give thanks. Even in this time of distress, you got to yet give thanks. God, I thank you, Lord, that you found favor with those institutions, with that college, that they were able to supplement and to be able to give away and, and take away some of that debt. Because why? They had to close the housing sooner than later. So now let's keep reading. Verse 21. After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, listen at this. Paul is encouraging them. He on the same boat with them. He in the same situation with them. Yeah. He feeling the same movement of the boat, of the ship swaying with the wind. He feeling the same waves hitting up against the boat as everybody else. But Paul, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the trouble, he begins to tell them, he said, listen. He said, men, you should have, not, you, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. Now, he's not telling them this with an attitude and being at a place like I told you so. He's just sharing his heart and building up the courage because this is what he says after that. He said, but now I urge you to keep up your courage. Because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. What? How can you tell me that a northeaster is running through the ocean, running through the sea, all types of winds, all types of waves are coming against the boat, things I've already had to lose that I've thrown overboard, and now you come to tell me that if I would have taken your advice, we could have been spared this damage and loss. But listen, look at Paul. He said, I urge you. To keep up your courage. In the midst of trouble, how am I going to keep my courage when everything around me is discouraging? Everything around me seems like it's falling apart. Why? Because Paul has his faith and his hope set on the word that God had already told him. Yeah. He had already told him that his life was going to be spared. He would already told him that there was going to be damage, but nobody was going to die. So he stood on the promise of God and the word of God. He said, because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. I love Paul because he doesn't have a selfish mindset. He said, it's not just about me. It's not just about me being saved, about me getting to my destination. It's some other people in your house that got purpose to fulfill. Listen, that thing won't come down your dwelling because your grandbabies got to go to college. Your great-great-children got to go to high school. There's some things that have to manifest. It's some entrepreneurs, some businesses that God is destined to open. And it's not going to be the time for them to die. It's some books that's got to be written. It's yeah. some new inventions that have to come out. So this is not going to be the time that you're going to die. I know it looks like it, it looks like it's death all around you, but you got to take courage and begin to encourage yourself and decree and declare that the word of the Lord will sustain me. Amen? Amen. He goes on. Hmm. I love verse 23. Come on. How many had a last night experience? Yes. Verse 23 says, last night, an angel, an angel of, the, of, of the God to whom I belong. Now he's, he's making it clear because he's, he's traveling through Rome and there are a lot of false gods. There are a lot of people who worship in other gods. Yes. He's letting it be made known that I serve the true and living God. He said, so last night an angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives, listen to this, of all who sail with you. What? So you mean to tell me <clears throat> That the angel of God will come and minister to you yes. in your moment of almost like you're feeling like you're ready to give up. Yes. You're at the brink of you don't know what you're going to do. 
You're at the end of your rope, and you don't know how you're going to come out of it. But an angel shows up when there's trouble. An angel shows up when you're in distress. Here comes the angel to minister to you. I love what the angel says to him. He said, do not be afraid. He called him by name. He said, Paul, Come on. I want you to tell yourself, do not be afraid. You got to get in the mirror. Do not be afraid, Jonas. Don't be afraid, Minister Tony. Don't be afraid, Joshua. Don't be afraid, Marcus. Don't be afraid, Chantel. Don't be afraid, Isaiah. You got to begin to speak that thing. You got to speak it over your life. He said, you must stand trial before Caesar, and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. Notice this. He's not just concerned about Paul. He said, I'm giving you all the lives of those who are on the ship. Nobody's going to die because I'm on board. Listen, this thing can't go down because you have too many plans. God has too many ideas in you. God's got too much vision in you. God's got too many things that need to be birthed in the earth realm through your life. So I'm here to encourage you. You will not die. Your business will take off in 2020. I decree it right now. I know some of you all started a business in January and you said, oh my God, why is this happening right now? I'm only three months into the year. How am I going to make it? I decree and declare you're going to come out of it. I decree and declare your business will not have to shut down this doors permanently. I'm releasing the opportunity for God to come in and show himself strong and mighty in your life. Believe his word. You will not die. Yes. Verse 25. So keep up your courage, men. Paul is encouraging them. Listen to this. For I have faith in God. Yes. If somebody around you don't have the faith, you have if you got the faith, your faith will sustain the others who don't believe. Oh my God. See, there's some people that may not believe at your level, but you got to be able to encourage them. You got to be able to let them know that my faith is going to bring us through this situation. If you're not believing at my level, I got enough faith to believe for you. <laughs> he said, so keep up your courage, men, for I have, I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. You got to believe what God has spoken to you. Paul said, I believe just as God spoke to me, our lives are going to be spared. Jeez. So in other words, you got to start saying what God says. Yes. Don't say what the reporters say. Don't say what the newscasters say. Don't say what all the messages come through in your social media say. Begin to say what God is saying. Begin to say what God has spoken to you, the instruction that he's given to you, so that you'll be able to continue to believe his word. Mm -hmm. Now let's go on. We're almost ready to close this thing out. Verse 27, on the 14th night, <laughs> we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea. It's something significant. 14 days. They said we had to be in the house 14 days. They said it takes 14 days for that thing to clear up. 14 days, they've been tossed to and fro on the ocean, on the yes. sea. 14 days, they've been going through. He said when about midnight, <laughs> the sailors sensed they were approaching land. So here it is, 14 days, they've been sailing, but here at about midnight, they sensed that there was land based on the, the, the now, the measurement of the ocean bottom from the ship to the floor. Listen to what it says. They took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they found, they took soundings again and found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. Listen to this. They prayed for daylight. What? Yeah. It was midnight, but they prayed for daylight. Because I need to get to the point in place that this midnight is not going to last always. 
there has to be some daylight that's going to manifest because after the darkness, there is light. So they pray for daylight. Are you praying for daylight? Are you praying that these doors will be open? Are you praying that things will go back to normal? I heard President Trump say it, and I heard another pastor say when he said, well, I would like things to be open by Easter. And people said, the CDC and the medical doctor said, that doesn't, that's not possible. But I want to come into agreement that God was able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can actually think. We can come up against what the doctors say, and God can come in and supernaturally. Can you imagine if the doors of the church would open on Resurrection Sunday and that we would have the liberty and freedom to come back into the house of the Lord? How many souls would come to Jesus? How many lives would be transformed? How many people would accept them as their personal Lord and Savior? How many people would be able to go back to work, go back to the restaurant, go back and have a good time with their family? Resurrection Sunday would be like none other that we've seen in our lifetime if we're able to come back and worship at that time. So I believe in God that things will open up and that we'll begin to see the manifestation of miracles in this hour. He said they prayed for daylight. In verse 30, in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the boat. Now here go some people that don't know. Here go some people that don't understand. Here go some people that are fearful and they said, I'm going to get off this big ship, but I'm going to get in a little ship. Why would you leave the big boat to get in the smaller boat it, it seems like it would be a less likely opportunity for you to survive if you if you got on that small boat and it would be more likely that you would survive if you stayed on the big ship. So listen to what Paul says. Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Jesus. The blessing is on the ship. The blessing is not in the lifeboat. The blessing is on the ship where God has deemed the word of God to Paul that the ship is blessed, that the ship is anointed, that the ship is the covering, that the ship is the place of protection. So you got to decree and declare, even those who have to go to the medical field and go to work, I'm blessed, I'm covered, I'm protected. Those who have to go on the front lines, I'm blessed, I'm protected. I'm a part of the ship and the ship is not going to sink. Nobody's going to die on the ship as long as I'm on the workforce, as long as I'm on the time clock. I'm I'm going to make it. I'm going to stand and all of my co-workers are going to stand. Why? Because I decree and declare that I believe the word of the Lord I shall be saved. Yes, Jesus. He said, unless these men stay on the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Now they're listening to Paul. Now they're adhering to his instruction because they see that they almost have made it to land. They almost made it to a place where they're not going to die. He said, verse 33, just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. Here comes the morning time. He said, just before dawn. He said, for the last 14 days, he said, you have been in a constant suspense and have gone without food. Can't you thank God that for the past seven days you didn't have to go without food? We've been in our first week of stay in shelter, that your cupboard is still full, that you still have food in your refrigerator, that you're still able to go out to a restaurant and go through the drive-thru. There's still access to food. Here it is. They were 14 days because they were in so much suspense and so much distress that they weren't even eating. He said, you haven't eaten anything. Verse 34. He said, now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. He said, not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. Now, Paul is constantly feeding them hope. Yes. He's constantly encouraging them and building up their faith. Mm -hmm. You can't be in a situation where you're listening to things that are going to deteriorate your hope and your faith. 
You have to stay connected to positive things. You can't get into the place of the doom and gloom that every time you come into the every time you come into somebody's presence, they telling you the world or meter. I'm gonna give you that on the week, and I'm not glorifying the deaths or the number of people with cases. I'm glorifying the people who recover. I'm magnifying them, thanking God for those who recover. So you gotta get into a position. Here it goes. We ready to close it out. We almost there. He said, "You need to survive. You need to eat to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head." After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. He magnified his God. He blessed the food and served them. Now, he's a prisoner, but he has a mindset that I'm going to see freedom once again. I'm going to get out of this situation. I'm coming off this ship. So he gave him, blessed it, and gave him food. Then he broke it and began, and began to eat. Verse 36. They were all, listen to this, encouraged and ate some food themselves. Isn't it amazing that one person's faith can begin to encourage the hope and faith of all the others that are around them? Yeah. So one positive word can have a great impact if you would begin to now come up against all those negative words. One person can defeat all the negative words that may have came. Oh, we're going to die. We're not going to make it. Do you know how many people on that ship were in a position where they were saying, we ain't going to make it. I'm not going to. How are we going to do it? Because he said they were in suspense. They hadn't even been eating because they were so worried and afraid, afraid that they were going to die. If you keep focusing on about dying, dying is going to come to you. you got to focus in on living. Baby, start doing some of the things you normally do. Get up out your pajamas. Put some clothes on. Take a shower. Brush your teeth. Go in a place. Get in your quiet place. Read a book. Read your word. Begin to meditate on things of God. Do what you would daily do. Go get in your car back it out the garage and drive around the block and come back. Do something yes. that is normal so that you can keep your peace. He said, he goes on, and we, we write that. He said, then he broke it and began to eat. He said, they were all encouraged and ate some food. All together, verse 37, there were 276 of us on board. When they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but they saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Listen at this. They did not recognize it, but it was land. Yeah. <laughs> when daylight came, land was exposed. All when it was midnight and it was day and it was in a position of darkness, they couldn't see no land. They didn't see any hope. But as soon as the sun arose, as soon as Jesus Christ arose, the Son of God, he began to bring light in your dark situation. So you got to believe his word. He said they began to cut loose the anchors. They left them in the sea and at the same time, untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach. But the ship stuck in the sandbar ran aground. The boat st stuck fast and would not move and the stern was broken to pieces by the pound of surf. Verse 42. Then the soldiers planned to kill prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming away and escaping. But the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out the plan. Listen at that. The centurion who was on board, who was, a, who was over the prisoners, the guards and the soldiers were ready to kill him. He said, but you need to keep Paul's life. So because he wanted Paul's life spared, he couldn't kill no prisoners. <laughs> so he ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and go to land. The rest would, would get were to get there on planks or on the other pieces of the ship. And this way, everyone reached land safely. Amen. Come on, y'all. Give the Lord a hand praise and close Hallelujah. the book. <laughs> we are grateful. We are excited about the word of God, about everything that God is doing in this hour, about everything that we're receiving, how God is blessing us. I want you to keep your hope up. I want you to keep your faith up. 
I want you to keep believing God in the midst of this trouble. The numbers of cases are going to continue to rise because that's what they, they predicted. But you got to believe God in this hour that God is going to come in and he's going to cancel the entire assignment of this particular virus that's been released in the atmosphere. We stand on his word. We stand on his promises. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So at this time, if there's anybody out there that does not know Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, if you're just tuned in, you just scroll past this live, you were on your friend's page and you saw this particular uh, message going forth, and you've never had an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You don't have to be in a church building. You don't have to be in front of a priest, a pastor, apostle, a bishop. All you have to do is open your mouth. <clears throat> All you have to do is open your mouth, believe in your heart, and confess Jesus Christ, and you will be saved. So if there's anybody that's watching, and you need to be saved, I need you to type it. I need to be saved. Put it in the comments. If you're watching, let them know. I need to be saved. I need to be saved. Let them know. Let them know. And if that's you and you need to be saved, all you got to do is repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I come before you a sinner. I come asking you to forgive me of all my sins. I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ died and he rose. And I believe that he is the son of God and that he will give me salvation and he will restore me back to life as he becomes my Lord and my Savior. I accept you this day that you are now my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You are now saved. You have just received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Just that simple, just that easy. I pray that someone has received him and they have now been baptized in the power of the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit will begin to feel you. He'll begin to comfort you. He'll begin to encourage you. All you have to do is engage him and ask the Holy Spirit to come in and minister to you on a daily basis. He's available to you. All you got to do is believe. So we give God glory today. <clears throat> Before we close out, listen, I want you to know that you're in church. I know some of y'all still got your house coats on. Put that picture up. Go head on. And take that selfie today and tell somebody that you came to church. Nah, that you in church today. I'm in church. You take a I'm taking a selfie. Listen, I want to encourage you guys. Meet us right here Thursday night. We'll be on Facebook Live praying and ministering the word of God as the Holy Spirit leads. And if, if um, as God gives us the ability and he favors us that we'll be able to make it back here on Thursday. Stay connected to the ministry. I appreciate you all. For those of you all who may have tuned in late, you can go to our website. Um, you can go to uh, click, you can click the tab that says give, and you can give. Uh, for those of you all who want to listen to the message in, in, in its entirety, you can miss, listen later on. It will be available on Anchor. Hit that Anchor tab and stay connected. You can hit the Facebook tab to view the message and what was shared here on today. So we appreciate you all. God bless you all. Listen, before we go, we're going to pray and dismiss because I want to cover you all. I want you all to know that God is going to bless you even in the midst of this season. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for your grace and your mercy. I thank you, Lord, for the word that have gone forth on today. I thank you for the word that was shared by Pastor Benice that encouraged and uplifted the people. 
I thank you for the sound that came in to minister, praise and worship, all the singers, all the band. I thank you, Lord, for our sound technicians, God, those who are on the media team. I thank you, Lord, for those being in the position, God, that we can continue to move forward and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I ask that you meet the needs of every person, God, that, Lord, there will be no lack. There will be nothing that will be missing in their life, that you're going to continue to meet every person's need. I decree and declare overflow, increase, and favor is resting on the hearts and minds of your people. I decree unexpected income. I decree employment opportunities to begin to increase. That those people who are searching, searching for jobs, that they will be called in for that interview. They'll be called in for that opportunity to start work. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, that all of our needs shall be met. Every bill shall be paid. Every debt, every obligation, God, you're going to meet our needs. And that everything shall be done in decency and in order. And God, we release your peace, your favor, and your blessings. And we ask you to cover us as we move about to and fro. Give us safety. Cover every first responder, every person that's on the front lines, every hospital. We begin to pray, Lord, for healing and deliverance. That, Lord, it will not be an overburden on the system. And that, God, you're going to begin to draw back these numbers. And more people are going to recover. More people are going to be healed. More people are going to be delivered. We're going to see this thing turn in your favor for your glory. And, God, we thank you and we praise you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Post those selfies. Amen. And let people know that you are in church today because we're still glorifying God through our Facebook Live. God bless you. This is Apostle Jonas Jones. You all have a great week. And God bless you and love you.